Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Other Record Labels. Um, this is Scott again. You know, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so on Apple Podcasts or however you're listening to this. The majority, I think, is Apple Podcasts. Um, but subscribing is great. Leave a review if you don't mind. Um, but more importantly, share it with some friends. Um, you know, I, I think I've been getting some great feedback, and thank you for that. And um, a lot of the feedback I've been getting is is from people in the industry and, and a lot of DIY musicians and um, some indie labels. And so if you, you know, work in the industry or are connected in some way, um, please share it with some friends. Let people know, you know, because it's such a small niche. Um, the, the topic of, of record labels and indie record labels, it, it's it's going to be hard to find the audience, but um, they're out there. So please consider sharing with your friends. Um, great guest today. I'm I'm really excited about um, about about the the hardly art is the I'm trying to be suspenseful here, but hardly art is is the episode today. Uh, a great record label based in Seattle. They're a subsidiary of Sub Pop. And um, one of the labels right off the top that I was really excited to talk to, I'm such a huge fan of Hardly Art. And today, we've got Jason Baxter of Hardly Art. How's it going, man? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. This is great. I know a lot of people are, are big fans of your label. Uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, and so you're in Seattle, that's right? Yep. Um, your email signature says publicist, social media, and some A and R. What's your role? Yes. <laughs> What's your role with the label? Uh, so I do. I'm the in-house uh, publicist, so I do the majority of the PR for the roster. Okay, um, and I handle all the social media. Cool. Um, and then some A and R just means that uh, for a handful of our artists, uh, I do what I guess most other labels would refer to as project management. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm just like the person in charge, the point person for those particular projects, and that would be uh, Dude York, Taco Cat, Chastity Belt, and Ian Sweet. Oh, cool! So it's not like they give you one band a year to sign. It's not like you're allowed no. one coupon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Can you give me a bit of a history of the label? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just this past year, we were celebrating our tenth uh, anniversary. Oh, wow! Congrats. So yeah, thank you. Um, so in 2007, um, if you'll recall at the time, uh, Sub Pop was uh, flourishing in a pretty big way right? Uh, with bands like The Shins and Iron and Wine. Right, yeah. And uh, so Jonathan Poneman, who uh, is one of the co-founders of Sub Pop, uh, wanted to find a way to um, rack focus back towards smaller, more developing artists, the, the kind of bands that Sub Pop was signing um, back in the day, okay. um, in the early years. Uh, and they tried having uh, you know, imprints before and not met with much success. Um, so the idea with Hardly Art was to try that again, um, treat it as an experiment, you know, to, you know, it might not necessarily pan out, mm. but the hope is that it will. Uh, and I think in particular, early on, the idea was that a uh, majority of the signings would be local um, right. to sort of embrace Seattle and the music scene here and try and elevate uh, bands that were great but maybe just didn't have um, as, as high of a profile. Sure. Um, and uh, so they uh, hired on uh, Sarah Moody as the general manager. She's been with the label all 10 years. Um, and under her stewardship, you know, obviously we're still around. Mm. So, uh, 
Yeah, no, that's Things great. Have gone all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys share A and R? Like, do you say like this band would be more appropriate for this imprint, or how does that work? Um, no, it's actually sort of a, a, a policy here to keep that very separate. Okay, cool. Uh, and one thing in particular is that we don't ever want to be um, interpreted as like a stepping stone or like some oh, right, pop junior. Right, right, you right. Know? It's yeah, they're was very. Kind of, yeah. We share a lot of resources, but sure. um, one, yeah, one area where we're very uh, separated is is when it comes to A and R. Okay, cool. I was just yeah. real quick. I was just looking through your FAQs, and um, I, I was like reading through your demo policy. It's quite funny. Uh-huh. Do you guys get a lot of demos coming through email, and we we do, yeah. yeah. Um, not just email, but physical to our PO box. And, oh, that's uh, cool. It's a lot to sort through, but yeah, yeah. And, and people like so people still send physical, like a CD or a vinyl, or what? What comes through? It's mostly CDs, oh, but okay. um, we have a big box of cassettes and LPs that we haven't listened to because oh, wow. <laughs> because you know it's a little more time consuming. Yeah, sure. Uh, I would think only, yeah. I would think that you know if you had a vinyl, like I would, I'd feel like that would get you a little bit ahead of everyone else, ahead of the the MP3s and the email. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe I'm just wishful I guess thinking. Not in our case, but <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, that's a good lesson. Even when we, uh, even when we do get around to putting those on, it will have to, you know. Have you ever? It requires more active listening. Have you ever signed one. a band? I think I want to kind of ask this to everyone because I, I asked this to um, Billy from Yep Rock. But have you ever signed a band from someone who's come through like an email or or a, a you know Manila envelope in the mail? Um, unfortunately, no. Um, it doesn't mean that we're not listening to everything. Yeah, that gets no, sent no, sure. But um, just, as of yet, no one has been signed based off of like, yeah, cold email or a demo submission. Well, and it just goes to show you too how much of it is, you know, hard work and and kind of building a, you know, your own foundation as a band or as an artist and 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 through relationships and 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 just being consistent as opposed to. You know, and I think you referenced this in your FAQs is just like as opposed to sending a mass email <laughs> and just right. hoping a record deal comes out of uh, the MP3 hitting the right inbox. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy. The, just sort of like you're spraying it everywhere, and yeah, I mean, the more personal you can make it, um, the better, because you can always tell, you know, if it's a mass email or if you've just you know swapped out certain <laughs> right. proper nouns right. or whatever <laughs> you know what i'm i'm totally guilty of that so i'm not going to say anything bad about those people <laughs> i've been there um how would you describe the vibe of hardly arts roster is there some sort of like consistent sound or common thread through the artists um i think you know people uh will say that to me and i see where they're coming from right. uh, that there is some level of consistency um it's never uh a thing that we're actively considering when we're thinking about signing a band Mm. um like you know will it jibe with everyone else like yeah um it's more just about the strength of the music and if we believe in the artist um that having been said like occasionally there'll be times where we play in something just like "Ah, i just don't know if this is quote unquote hardly art Um, right yeah which i guess is just more of an intuited thing than something i could articulate um it's also nicer than just saying no thank you <laughs> <laughs> right well i would never say that to <laughs> yeah, anyone, I'm joking. But, you know you're not a fit yeah um yeah yeah do you think uh, a label should lock themselves into a certain sound or or uh, aesthetic um you know I, I i think everyone should keep an open mind and i 
enjoy it when a label will take a risk or surprise me with uh, something that they're putting out that I didn't expect to come from them. Mm. Um, that said, I, I am a big fan of labels that have sort of a house aesthetic or a house vibe yeah. where you know what you're going to get. Um, and I was uh, listening to some uh, year level stuff, and it seems to have that sort of consistency. Right, right. Uh, oh, cool. Which I think is a really admirable trait. Um, yeah, I always struggle with that. I, I don't. I mean, I, I I'm the same. I, I look at some labels, and especially even when like a couple labels I've been looking at where their artwork, like everyone's artwork, mm-hmm. is like it's almost like it's the same designer, but in a great way, you know. And sure. a lot of that. I mean, I kind of envy that in a way, but. It's hard to do, and I don't know if it's the right thing. It's it's confusing. Yeah, on one end of the spectrum, you've got like sacred bones or arts and crafts, where it's like you're you're locked into it looking a certain way, right? Right. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, it's you know you can go crazy and be as diverse as you want. And we tend to be hands off about that side of things mm-hmm. um, and just let the bands do whatever they want artwork wise, right? Uh, you know, within reason when it comes to like you know deluxe packaging or whatever sure yeah um as far as the visuals are concerned we we give them complete freedom that's good that's good and i think at the end of the day i mean the fans of the label ultimately are the fans of the of you and your tastes and and sarah's tastes and 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 the people so it is really i mean if you like it then hopefully um your the fans of the label will like it you hope so yeah um yeah yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's how you'd like it to shake out. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, and I, yeah, there seem to be... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, since I'm on the social media all day, like I, I get a pretty good sense of the pulse of things, and there seem to be people who are fans of particular bands on the label, and then people who, like you were saying, are just fans of the label and yeah. will check out whatever we are yeah. putting their way. And I think that's why it's so great. And I've seen your social media. It's, it's so great for labels to actually have a personality, you know, someone that they can relate to, you know. Yeah, uh, that's the, yeah, I'm trying to do that. Hopefully, you know, not ever going too far, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's, yeah. You know, when we're talking about the genres um, and, and you know, some of the, uh, how, even how Hardly Art came to exist underneath sub pop. I was talking last night with a producer from Toronto about how hard it is for non mainstream music and electronic ambient indie rock Mm -hmm. to, to get grant funding or radio play. Uh, Do you have like a strategy for promoting, you know, weird music or non mainstream art? Hmm. Um, Well, we kind of try, there's certain things that we're always going to do when it comes to marketing um, that are just sort of the essentials, but taking a more macro look at it, we do try and approach each project differently. Um, and you know, try and find a way to shine a spotlight on what we think makes the artist special or this Mm. particular record special. Mm, That's good. Um, but you know, it is a struggle and down here in the States, we don't even have the grant money, uh, (laughs) components. Sorry about Uh, that. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to rub that in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no we're not jealous at all Um, but yeah no it's difficult Um, and part of the part of uh, one way I think that you can get it in front of uh, of folks is just to seek out the uh, the writers and the tastemakers who are passionate about that particular type of music. Um, yeah, that's and, a good point. And, and get to point. them because they'll spread the word to the people who mm. uh, trust their tastes, and and then you're reaching the people 
uh, that are going to be excited about that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, nope. you know? that's a great point. And I mean, you know, when you talk about mainstream, it's like you really don't need to get into the mainstream in order to exist, really. I mean, there are the blogs that love your label and the people that love those blogs. I mean, there's a real healthy community there. Yeah, I mean, the internet sort of changed everything yeah, in that regard. Totally. Um, and just the landscape of, of music consumption now is so different with uh, the rise of streaming and things like Bandcamp that, like you're saying, you don't, you don't need to be in the top 40 to have a sizable audience mm, anymore. Yeah, that's great. I read it in an article um, that described you guys as a record label that has thrived in the era of the death of the record label. What, <laughs> what kind of things does it take um, for a label to, to stay alive these days? Um, the word I would use is adaptability or maybe flexibility okay. um, because things are so uh, rapidly evolving from year to year. Yeah, um, oh, it's so true. You really, yeah, you really have to be able to stay on your toes. Um, you know, it seems like it wasn't even that long ago that people were saying that MP3s are going to, you know, kill physical media. Uh, and then, you know, vinyl had a resurgence and cassettes had a resurgence and then streaming came along and, uh, yeah, it's so, so things, true. Yeah. Things are constantly shifting and you have to be able to, um, adjust your business model and your work ethic to, to fit with the changing times. I remember, you know, the thing it, it, it it's almost pisses me off about how, like if an artist has a record every two or three years, I remember back in the early two thousands, how like the address you would like the url you'd put on the back of their thing like like their social media would change every year you know it was like <laughs> pure volume and then it was like myspace and then it was right. like should we do twitter or or is that going to stick around or you know what i mean it's like every year it was something different oh yeah absolutely yeah it's so hard to <laughs> it's, keep up it really is i want to ask you about you know the uh, the concept of the record label um, in general, and forgive me if I'm flying all over the place here, but um, pop culture has kind of made record labels out to be the bad guy. What does a, a label have to to do to be seen as like an advocate or a partner with artists? That's a great question. Um, you know, I would hope for the most part that, uh, and, and you see this with younger artists and stuff, that they're, they're sort of aware that that um, paradigm is outdated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, agreed, yeah. And and that it, it, you know it's most often satire if you're looking at something like right. Josie and the Pussycats or whatever. Um, and I think if you're a smaller label with uh, you, you know you're not having there's not some huge conference table and gold <laughs> records on the wall and cocaine breakfasts or whatever, then people trust that you're coming from a genuine place, uh, which we like to think that we are. Um, and really, I think it's just a matter of making a strong case for. Uh, you know, how much you are invested in their art and sharing their art with people, which is fundamentally our mission. You know, we just want totally. to be able to put music we believe in into people's ears, give them an audience, the, you know, the kind of audience we think they deserve. Um, and, you know, uh, you were referring to the death of the record label recently. It's, you know, I, I would hope it's somewhat common knowledge that it's a struggle for us too. You know, we're not... <laughs> yeah sitting in, you know, bathtubs full of, of <laughs> money laughing while the poor artist, you know, right. suffers on, you know, on tour. Um, so, you know, the reality is that it's, it's, it's hard on both sides of it. Um, but we're, you know, working day and night to make sure that, uh, 
people are as successful as we think they ought to be. Is is um, yeah. How do you like? Is there like an effort to stay transparent with the artist to to kind of keep them apprised on everything? And 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 if you know if if their royalties are small, if there's like kind of like an explanation as to why? Because you know, I always for me running a label, I understand these things, but I, I'm surprised at how how little an artist knows where the money goes or what happens to that kind of stuff. Yeah, we try and operate with as full transparency as possible, uh, especially when it comes to money, um, but also even, you know, um, marketing and publicity campaigns, you mm -hmm. know, uh, so that they know, like, who's been sent the record and oh, who turned good. it down and, and all that sort of stuff. Because, uh, you know, I have been a musician myself and released music, and I know how... Um, demoralizing it can sometimes be if things don't seem like they're going uh a certain way um so it's you know mm -hmm. i understand that it's, it's very helpful and sometimes relieving to have at the very least an explanation for why things are bad or why things are great you know right um that's always a preferable thing to be able to say like oh well you got all this money because uh such and such a uh, thing happened uh, with spotify or whatever so oh yeah um, yeah it's important to us that the you know the band knows everything that's going on every step of the way. Mm, that's cool. Um, there's a, a kind of shifting back to when we were talking about like demos and discovering bands. Um, there's so much music out there every day. Um, and this is a question, you know, not just for signing bands, but also a question for um, artists who are, who are working on a record and trying to figure out how to stand out in this world. But with so much music out there, um, how much, what makes an artist or a track exciting or catches your attention? Uh, hmm. Uh, you know, if I had previously been unaware of them or not been told through word of mouth mm -hmm. or caught them live or whatever, I think it's just, are, are you doing something unique that I'm not hearing elsewhere? Right. Um, that's really important. Uh, do you seem enthusiastic or poised uh, for something greater? Do you want something greater? Mm. Um, are your lyrics like striking a nerve? Um, mm. Things like that. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, music with vocals, uh, you always want to try and find somebody with a voice you haven't heard before, uh, whether that's a point of view or, you know, literally how it sounds. Um, because you don't want to fit in you know mm -hmm. you want to be accessible to people but you it helps to be your own thing you know that's the kind of uh music we we are seeking out is something that feels individual or f coming from a strong uh perspective it's got to be such a difficult hybrid to find something that is accessible and enjoyable and listenable but that we've never heard before <laughs> you know what i mean right oh yeah no it's a very uh delicate balance um which you know is why we have a you know we've got a fairly healthy sized roster but we're very 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 picky when mm. it comes to our, our signings um and we only release a certain number of records a year right. because we want to give them all you know the amount of attention they deserve um so it's, it can be a bit of a small club at times. Are there records that you, you're lo the bands that like fit all your criteria, but just for some reason, like, you know, the, the album sounds great, but they're just not, you just don't think they're different enough. You don't, th you don't think they're like creating new ground enough. Um, I couldn't think of an example off the top of my sure. head. No. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just you know, it's curious because it's I try to figure out as a listener, and I, I I follow all the blogs and I love all the premieres. You know, there's like three or four premieres a day or more, and and yeah. and I try to figure out what is it that makes me like just like drop everything that I'm doing, and it happens really only happens like you know, maybe once a week, but more likely once a month where it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's so tough. Yeah. But it's a, the best feeling when, when that happens. Oh, for sure. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's kind of like gambling. It's like, it's why we do it for that feeling. <laughs> I think. <laughs> totally. Um, I want to kind of, I, I really want to ask you some questions that I'm thinking about an audience that may be not just um, DIY labels, um, but mm -hmm. also possibly DIY musicians. Um, a friend of mine, a publicist, uh, told me once the the biggest problem he sees with DIY musicians is is that they don't give themselves enough time to properly put out a record. Mm. Um, what kind of things uh, should a label or an indie artist be doing in that window between when a record is mastered and and when it's released? Oh boy. Um... Well, if you're having to do all the marketing yourself, um, I would advise uh, a DIY or an unsigned artist to, you know, plan a tour around when you want this record out, hmm. um, if you're going to self-release. Um, you know, so use your uh, connections and network and, and book what you can, even if it's a, a small thing. Um, and... Uh, just send it out to uh, you know writers and editors that you admire, uh, because you'd be surprised how receptive people are to getting the music straight from an artist as opposed to uh, someone like me, a publicist. Right. Uh, yeah. Because that way, there's an element of discovery to it uh, or curation on the part of the writer if they like what they hear. Um, That's a good. You point. know. Yeah, they're fielding emails all day from, you know, labels and publicists, but, you know, to hear directly from a band, you know, it's still a crapshoot, but it may, you know, that may help your cause. Um, so do what you can to, to get uh, yourself written up, you know, find the alt-weeklies uh, in your area and reach out to them. Mm. Um, they're more likely to, you know, publicize a local artist. Right. Um, and yeah, give yourself time to, to get elements in place um, if that's what you desire, uh, if you're trying to level up, you know, in terms of profile. Because, you know, it's so easy now just to go straight to Bandcamp or something sure. as soon as you're done um, and then call it a day. Right. Um, which is, a, you're welcome to do that as well. You know, just throw it up and then promote it on, you know, Facebook or whatever. Um, yeah, it's... I do try and uh, impart what I can about um, marketing to, to, to people that are um, just coming up uh, because I have been in that position and not known a whole lot about the industry or how it right, works. Right. Um, what does it look like for you guys in that, in that time? What, how, how much of a lead time do you guys give yourself from the release date working backwards and, and, and what goes on during that time? Uh, that's about four to five months. Okay. Um, uh, partly because of how long production takes. Right, um, right. You know, there's a limited number of vinyl manufacturers mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in the world, the pressing plants, that is. Um, so uh, there's always a line, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so you have to account for that. Um, and you try to have the vinyl ready for release date? Oh, always, okay. yeah. Um, 
And another reason for the long lead time is uh, uh, long lead press. You know, uh, magazines uh, and mm. some websites have different deadlines than uh, a blog would. Okay. Uh, you know, because they have to, you know, get the issues printed and distributed and everything. So uh, those folks will get a record quite early um, so that, you know, in hopes of getting some coverage sure. um, in a print uh, magazine. Um, but during the rest of that time, it's just sort of, um, it's laying groundwork, you know. Mm. Um, we'll uh, be servicing it to various uh, people, uh, you know, journalists and um, editorial at, at um, digital service providers like iTunes or Spotify. And, right, right. Um, trying to build anticipation and get people interested. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, the whole album cycle is... Uh, usually around three months um, of you know putting singles out there and trying to drum up press and playlisting and things like right. that. Right. There was like a little fad, and I feel like it's kind of gone now, of like dropping an album, just surprise dropping and just immediately doing that. Is that something you guys have ever done, or is that – what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that kind of only works if you're Beyonce. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's right? true. You, that's true. No matter what, people are going to write about you. Um, right, right. Whereas if you're sort of an unheard or up-and-coming indie band, um, you need time to build a profile mm -hmm. um, and get people acquainted with you. Oh, that's a good point. And you, when you think back, like the people who've done it, or even just with a week lead time, they are, they're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. no, that makes sense. Um, so you run social media, and um, mm -hmm. this is, one of the questions I get a lot from a lot of my musician friends and 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 even people on on my label is a lot of artists I know um, they'll they'll launch an album with a bunch of social media accounts uh, when that mm -hmm. record's coming out, and then within a few months those accounts are are dormant, <laughs> and they're you know what I mean. Right. What should an artist or a small label strategy be? Their social strategy if they don't have a social media coordinator or they don't even know where to begin with respect mm. to social media. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, you should be having a, maintaining a constant presence. Right. Um, That's otherwise That's it's, it's, yeah. Otherwise it can be fairly transparent that you're just using <laughs> these channels as a means for uh, promoting a certain project. So, um, I would just think of them as an extension of your own personality um, because, you know, no one's following a particular band on Instagram to hear about when the new single's dropping, you know. They're there to get sort of a window into their life or their personality or what they're into. So yeah, um, even if you're a label, if you can try and find a way to um, make it, so that you're not just posting about, you know, go listen to the new song or pre-order the record. Um, people respond to that more because it's it's genuine. Um, mm. And, you know, if you're inactive for a while, then you're certainly not going to be growing your audience. Um, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a crucial thing to remember, at least in this day and age, for this time being, you know, uh, while these things are still important parts. Do you think it's, the, it's better... Would you suggest to an artist or a label who's not able to, to maintain that to not do it at all? As opposed mm, to no. just... I mean, you know, anything's better than nothing. Sure. And it is very time-consuming. I certainly sympathize with that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And some days you just don't know what to post about, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's absolutely worth doing, even if you're not able to commit to it uh, on a regular basis. Well, and you're totally right about the idea of like giving it a personality and 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 having it be an extension of who you are. And I, I've seen that, and I, it's so it's so great. It's great whenever it's a company, but you know that person's name and you know that person's right. tastes and and uh, opinions. I think it's cool. Yeah, or yeah, even if it's you don't necessarily know exactly who is behind the account, but you you get that they have <laughs> they have thoughts in their head that aren't just yeah. you know uh, advertising. You know where they stand uh, politically, and <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah uh, I think is it Arby's has one of my favorite Twitters or Wendy's uh, maybe, or it could be is Arby's. It Wendy's? But I th- I think it was, was it Wendy. Yeah, I know what you mean. There are, there's a few of them. Yeah, some very salty uh, corporate accounts. Yeah, uh, or ones that are just fun, and it's like, well, okay, this is this is it. That's how you do that right. Oh, you know? it's so great. Yeah. Actually, I think there was a Reddit AMA about that. And I think it was, I want, it, you could be right that it's Arby's or, or, or Wendy's, but like there's like a staff of like four or five like writers and comedy writers oh, wow. <laughs> running it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, to look that up. a pretty big crew, but I, I, I love it when they, when people do that. And it's interesting too, cause I've seen it a lot of companies, like not, not music companies, just general companies mm-hmm. that everyone just kind of assumed a few years ago that social media was just, Oh, you know what? We'll just do it whenever we are doing something interesting. But, um, right. now that there's full-time staff, multiple staff at, at, at just, you know, a, a, a macaroni company, you know, like <laughs> right. it's, it's a real thing now. It's strange times. Yeah. I want to talk about streaming. I want to switch over, uh, um, for smaller labels. Um, it's so daunting to, uh, be competing for 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 playlist placement with everyone. Uh, where's your head at right now with with respect to Spotify? Are you optimistic? Are you cynical? Um, how's your opinion of of streaming services evolved over over the past few years? I I would say I'm optimistic, um, but you know I'm not um, unaware of how challenging it is, mm-hmm. um, and clearly things are very sort of. Uh, Top heavy uh, in terms of favoring, you know, mainstream right. uh, pop and R and B and hip hop, um, country genres like that. Um, but really, uh, something I was sort of mulling over uh, somewhat recently is it doesn't feel all that different from uh, the heyday of FM radio, because right. um, essentially, you know, if playlisting is in part driven by how many people are listening then is that all that different from, you know, DJs playing a song because it keeps getting requested? Right. Uh, So, you know, and I don't think that it's totally closed off from smaller bands. Um, We've had great success with some of our acts on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, we're privileged to have, you know, people whose job it is to interface with um editorial at spotify and suggest things to them um so you know i it's a struggle um i think it's not you know the worst thing uh i think a lot of people like to demonize uh the streaming services right um but i it's such a um such a tool for music discovery that um, hasn't really come along in a long time. Um, and I think that that is ultimately a, a good thing. Mm. Um, it is helping uh, 
bands find audiences um, all over the world in ways that they weren't able to before. Um, and, you know, in a couple years' time, maybe the bubble will burst when we'll be talking about something else. Um, <laughs> it's so true. Everything always feels like it's the end. <laughs> it's always like, yeah. this is where it's going to stop. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's right now, it's one of these things where, for me, it's it's such a um, a hot topic because, you know, if you're featured on a, a, a real playlist, and we've been featured a couple times, and it's like, okay, the artist can make rent that month. Like, it's a big deal. And, oh, yeah. And then when it doesn't happen on the next single or the next record, it's so tough. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. Is is it as on from your level from at, at, at your label's level? Is it is the is it a little less mysterious? Is there things you guys have figured out a little more? Um, you know, it, we're just trial and error, same as everyone else. Mm. Um, it, I think the most that we can do is be very selective about which songs we're going to choose as singles before the record comes out. Oh, I see. Um, okay, so it is a lot like so, radio. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you can try and read the tea leaves on what type of songs seem to be resonating <laughs> um, with the listening audience on Spotify, then you can try and cater your marketing campaign to um, focus on the on the songs you think have the best chance of uh, things like playlisting. Right. Um, but apart from that, you know, so much of it is out of our control. It's either their editorial or, you know, it's numbers, you know, pure algorithm. I, you know, I hope it doesn't go too far down the path of radio because what I do like about Spotify, and I, I mean, I don't know what's going on in head office, but I, I really do feel like they, they are thinking about the independent artist. And I, I like to see a playlist that has Bonnie Vare and then it has like a, a band you've never heard of or an artist you've never heard of who maybe only has like, you know, 200 followers and so I, and then, yeah. you know, the artist, um, apps that they have, I, I like what they're doing and I, I've, I've, I felt appreciated and, and acknowledged by them in the, in the past two years. So I hope it keeps up. Same. I, and it seems like that is an ongoing concern for them, uh, which is great, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to have that, um, large of a market share and, and be willing and interested in maintaining, you know, um, helping sustain indie uh, musicians and labels, I think is, is admirable. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to, I want to jump to the complete opposite end of the world here with, and talk about physical mm -hmm. media for a little bit um, there. You know, the way I see things right now is that, you know, there's, there's CDs um, that are still sort of hanging on and, and they're cheap to produce and they're, they're cheap to ship. And then, over on the other end, you have tapes, which are 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 really cool, and they're cheap to to produce and 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 to uh, to ship. But yet, there's a little bit of confusion, and and not everyone's um, completely on board yet. And then vinyl, of course, is so cool, and it's totally a thing. But it's for us, you know, it's so um, so daunting, so expensive, and 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 even shipping from Canada everywhere, it's you know, at twenty to thirty dollars just to ship from where we are. Um, yeah. can you share hardly arts perspective on the formats? Um, and then maybe share with me your thoughts on the formats. If you were an indie artist doing it yourself. Mm, okay. Um, you know, for us, 
every release uh, that's a proper full length is going to get every physical mm. um, medium. Um, okay, cool. Even CDs. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. That's cool. We manufacture quite a few CDs. Uh, and you'd be surprised that, you know, how many CDs actually sell because, you know, stores will still, uh, you know, retail, indie retail sure. stores will still bring them in. And, um, you know, it's helpful for things like radio servicing if you're going to service physical. Right. Um, and, you know, people still have CD players in their cars and stuff. Um, and I've heard so, that bands still do well at shows, too, with CDs. Yeah, well, it's the uh, it's the cheaper option. Yeah, you know, it'll yeah. it'll probably fit in your bag or your backpack yeah. or your pocket easier. You know, yeah. Um, same for tapes. Um, you know, since we're kind of late uh, adapters to the cassette revival, right? Um, but I think that they're very, uh, you know, they have their own special allures of physical uh, objects, mm-hmm. uh, and some people prefer the quality. Uh, oddly enough, yeah, um, yeah. And again, they're pocket sized, and they're you know they're a great merch item totally. for bands on tour. Um, and then for, for the second part of your question, um, I, uh, I I'm a vinyl collector. I think that's probably my preferred mode of listening. Even though the majority of the time um, I'm not sitting next to a you know a stereo. Yeah, but, true. Yeah, um, that's more like at home stuff. Um, you know, uh, but I'm a big fan of tapes. I got a bunch of those at home too. Um, if I were, you know, in the position of being a DIY or up and coming band, you know, and I have been, and um, we mostly did uh, digital releases. You know, it's prohibitively expensive to um, press a limited run of LPs for sure. Uh, and um, you don't want to be sitting on a giant stack of unsold vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> believe me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, tapes are a great, cheap option. Um, you know, just uh, get in touch with somebody at National Audio Company and uh, get a couple hundred made, and you'd be surprised. It's like a, a dollar a tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can sell those at shows for, you know, five. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's a cooler, funkier medium um, when you're a, a DIY or, or punk or underground band anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can sell those to your band camp, which, you know, it's another thing that's driving music discovery these days, um, and a place where I find a lot of cool, oh, more yeah. obscure Same. bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting the the format thing. That's the thing I really try to figure out, and and I've actually become more confident with just doing a, a digital only release. I always mm-hmm. felt like we were kind of copping out, but I, I'm more confident with it now. I think it's okay. I do too. Um, and the thing that's worth keeping in mind is that you're not spending all this money up front of production. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're already coming from a place where you're probably not in the hole that deep. You've paid to get something mastered and mixed and recorded. But then after that, you know, once the money starts coming in from digital, it's, you know, it's working against that and you'll, you'll be profiting uh, sooner. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and, and that's actually really, I never really thought about that because, you know, you think back to the early 2000s, even before... Like when, you know, when uh, CDs were like Glassmaster only and a mm-hmm. pack was, you know, you were going to be almost a thousand bucks into printing CD run um, yeah. after, like you said, recording and mastering. So yeah, it is kind of nice that it's like, once you get the waves back, then you can start making money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, 
I, I don't want to take any more time. I, 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 I love talking to you about this. When speaking to new labels and young labels and soon to be labels, um, what advice do you have for, for new labels um, or, or soon to be labels? Is there any bad advice you hear going on right now that, that you think people should ignore? Oh, wow. That is a, a great question. Um, oh, uh, you know, I would say number one, be fair to your artists. Um, mm. So be transparent about your process, uh, be upfront about um, how, you know, royalties are going to be split. Um, That's I would say to, uh, you know, places like Bandcamp are absolutely your friend. Mm. Um, if you're going to do physical, uh, you, uh, hook up with a distributor. Um, okay. And ask around and make sure that they're a reliable one because um, they're the people who are going to be able to get your, your music into stores and, and so forth. Right. Um, there's going to be a certain amount of infrastructure that you will have to farm out depending on how ambitious you are. Um, and that's definitely one of them. Um, you could hire an independent publicist um, if, unless you want to try and uh, do it on your own. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess those are the essentials. Uh, in terms of bad advice, oh, uh, boy, um, there's stuff that you don't need to pay for. <laughs> that's okay. for sure. So, okay, like uh, what? Um, or just make sure you're, you're getting what, getting your money's worth. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and then, gosh, focus on radio, college radio. Oh, really? Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that's... All three of us at the label actually started in college radio, uh, um, and I think that was pretty invaluable in terms of just getting your first glimmers of insights into the industry and how it works. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I remember being a college DJ. I was uh, always down to play weird stuff, and right, um, right. you want to be the one who's like discovering a. a a smaller band or embracing a local band, even if they're not signed or, or if they're on like a young nascent label. Um, so I would definitely like, I would say that college radio or I guess um, non-commercial uh, is a great place to like focus your energy in terms of promotion. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And actually that's the first time I've, I've heard that, but I, I, I've always wondered that we have, a, I mean, in my town here, we have a, a great university radio station that's hugely, hugely supportive of, of our label and, and of all the local artists. And uh, I, it's something I, I think that, like, if you come from a certain generation, like, you kind of put radio out of the back of your mind. And right. you've kind of thought, well, that's over, and soon that'll close down. But um, I, I, yeah, I have a real heart for it, and I think it's really cool. And it's interesting how what role it's going to play in music discovery and... You know, it is still an analog thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that's great. Listen, thanks so much, Jason. I really appreciate this. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Hardly Art. I I kind of came through you guys um, through Gem Club and their their records. Um, I love that band. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I hope that wasn't too much like word salad answers. No, no, but, uh, it's great. That's the word salad's okay. good. That's good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Check out Hardly Art at hardlyart.com. They're on Twitter at, at @hardlyart, 
and on Instagram at Hardly Art Records. Um, they're home to Chastity Belt, Colleen Green, Dude York, um, a ton of great bands that you've probably already heard of. In fact, you've probably already heard of Hardly Art. Who am I kidding? So make sure you check them out, head to a record store and buy a record. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, leave a review, send me an email. Listen, if you're an indie label or involved in the industry in any way and you want to get involved in this podcast, please do email me podcasts at otherrecordlabels.com or find me on Twitter at Other Songs Music. Um, you know, just, uh, just get in touch. That'd be great. Thanks for listening.